Hello, and welcome to Atomic Geekdom. My name is Dave. Tonight, we're going to do something a little different. I will not be hosting, but you will hear my voice at least twice tonight. This time, and another time. To be named later. Much later. But for now, I give you Jenny. <laughs> Hello! We're going to talk about books with my friends here. We have Johnny. Please say hello. Mm, yeah, hello. Yeah, we're gonna talk. <laughs> Plan on talking some books today, and I, I've got to tell you, Jenny, I'm I'm just so excited to be here. Right, I love it. And and who is our other friend here tonight that we are introducing here? Uh, hello. Uh, uh my name is Kyle, and uh, I'm really glad to be here. We have a good crew then. All right. Let's all tell a little bit about ourselves with our love for books. We all have our favorite books. We all have our favorite genres, all that. Let's just start out with, let's do a round table because round tables are my favorite. Yeah. So rock on. Um, obviously books influence a lot, especially in geek culture. So Kyle, what is probably your what's your favorite it could be from a childhood it could be recently if you were to recommend one book somebody's like i have time to read one book in my life what book would you have them read uh i would i would recommend cat's cradle by kurt vonnegut i read that book in high school and it's stuck with me just i love the story of it i haven't been able to finish it recently i've just been too busy with life to sit down and read a book but i have that book still and it's just one of those books that just clicked with me and i'm like this is an interesting story what's a i'm not familiar with the book so what it's, what's it about and what dri like drives you towards that it's a it's a post-apocalyptic post type story um with uh, try to figure out the best way to describe it. Um, it's about a substance called Ice-9 that turns all of the water in the world to ice. And if a person touches it, they die. They they turn to ice. And it's all... Oh, I'm trying to remember because it's been a while, too. Um, what was, do you remember, though, why, what you loved about it so much? Just Just the story. It was... It, if I remember really correctly, it was a like a first person type story, so it was through the eyes of the main character. Who, oh, wow, this is really terrible that I can't remember the, the name <laughs> of the character. That's okay because I think most of our like favorite books are kind of like that. We'll we'll capture some of it and then we'll we'll remember the gist and then we're just like it's so good. But then you go into the details and it's so ingrained in you mm -hmm. that the details like the names and stuff don't seem as important as the overall feeling the book gave you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's it's almost like it's so and it, it's such a part of you that when someone asks you to explain it, it's like it's like then trying to explain who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate because my my book's kind of like that as well. I remember the gist of the story. I remember how it made me feel when I read it. I couldn't tell you the name of the of the main character. And I can't <laughs> tell you all the details. I just know as I read it, I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> so, so Johnny, what about you? Um, 
I okay. So sorry. Was the question recommend favorite, a book to someone or my favorite? Like your favorite book of all time. That if you met somebody that only had enough time to read one book in their life, what would Ooh. you recommend? Ooh, that's really tough. Um. Uh, okay. The pressure's oh, on. The pressure. I feel the pressure. The pressure's <laughs> on. Um. Okay. So I, I have a. I have a kind of a. a a handful of favorite books and if i had to pick one of them it would it'd have to be a toss-up it would either be between um american gods um or yes! <laughs> yeah you gave it that a few months months ago and i'm like oh my gosh yeah i'm super excited for the show coming out um that book i read it i don't i don't know how many years ago i was in high school at the time um and uh it was it was big it was such a huge like just undertaking for me as a reader to to get into a book like that and that kind of sprung me into reading other you know other other types of books i'd always kind of read just mainly like uh sci-fi fantasy but nothing that really was um kind of asked asking the types of questions uh or requiring the reader to be as inventive as american gods kind of made me feel so that that got me stretching out and so it would be between that and then the other book would be uh the road by cormac mccarthy which are probably two of my two of my favorite books of all time that's those are interesting like choices too because american gods is it's dark and i agree with you that show looks like it's perfect like the casting i was like it looks phenomenal it looks like they nailed it but it's it's you have to go into it with an open mind and like you're you're reading the pages and it, it makes sense but it's so fantastical that like you know you have to have that imagination to get through it and then you go to the road the road is so depressing <laughs> but it's it is, so it is a bleak story There's but it's like, so beautiful it's not, a, it's not a story about hope really it's a story about surviving and they're two completely different things i think yeah, it's it, it's so beautifully written for how ugly of a story it is. So that's yeah. interesting because there's so there's a parallel to them, but they're such different books. <laughs> yeah, I've I've uh, I, I've got a. I, I mean, I like all different types of books. Um, obviously, it, more my personality is kind of the fun, you know, jokey, have a good time, like let's go on a romp adventure. Um, but but the, but but my favorites tend to be the ones that are asking bigger questions um and uh, i guess there are other books i want to talk about but i, w I won't get into them into them now other i'll you know i'll spoil it but uh <laughs> I'll save it for later but there are there are plenty of books that I, I'm, I'm ready to talk about tonight uh as you should um <laughs> i'll throw in mine and it's a weird one because it's not a book i would normally read but i tell everybody to read the alchemist um and i think it's for the fact that you can take the story any which way you want, but I love the whole idea that life isn't the destination, it's the journey to get there. And you've got the sheep herder going through life, you know, thinking that he's going to get gold and he just gets his ass ran over through the entire book. Just nothing goes right. Mm. And, but every step of the way, he learns something or he meets somebody new and, and it's not good stuff. I mean, there, are, you know, he loses some of his flock and then the storms come in and all that. And this whole thing is he's got to get to the pyramids of Egypt where, you know, God will give him the pot of gold. And there's, there's these epic like things of him just screaming at God and, and 
all this like really cool inspirational stuff where you, every frustration you've ever felt in life kind of gets portrayed in the book. And then you get to the, the end and it's kind of a spoiler, but not a spoiler. Cause if anybody reads the back of the book, it, it sort of, this is what you're getting into. It's just the knowledge of learning that everything bad in your life is what makes you what, how good you are in the end. You know, it's, mm-hmm. You take those little things. So it was so inspirational and it was such a great story because everything that that poor sheep herder got through, you're just like, really? Or you're cheering for him or you're just like the poor sucker, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of the things he caused himself from decisions and then some things were out of control. And it's not a, it's not a thick book at all. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty small, but it's definitely a really good read if you, if you're looking for something that is an adventure and when you're, you walk away, you kind of take something with you, you know, kind of an inspiration, so to speak. That makes sense. No, it sounds really cool. I, I've never read through The Alchemist, but I, I've heard of it several times. And it's one of those ones where I, I think oh, I should get to that at some point, And then I just never do. I, I reread The Road or something. Yeah. <laughs> I well, think the- that this is probably a great episode for us to make new lists of books we want to get into and read and check out. Cause uh, I definitely want to check that one out. And then the one Kyle said, I- I've already forgotten the name of it. So that's why I'm going to start my list. Cat's right now. Cradle. I wrote it down. <laughs> Cat's Cradle and the alchemist. I'm going to read these books tonight. I've, I've and we'll talk about a, it at the end of the episode. I've that's always awesome. been a sucker to read uh, Jurassic park just because I know how oh. different it is from. Yeah. Oh man. I've, That's I've, our buddy I've, Dave's favorite book, I think, or one of them. Like he, he has inspired me. It's on my list of things to things to read. Jurassic I've, Park's I've, an amazing book. Uh, Jaws, amazing. Jaws is um, awesome. Jaws is amazing too. Love them, love yeah. them. Um, and anything, I, I guess, anything by Stephen King is amazing. But I've never read a single Stephen King novel. I know, shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> His. His concepts are really interesting, and I can't remember. We were talking about this at one point that it, that it came up, and maybe it was in an episode, and maybe it wasn't. Um, I love Stephen King as a writer, but I struggle to get through his books because I don't think he writes dialogue very well. His concepts are super interesting. His characters are super interesting. But, like, if the character is a teenager, guaranteed – you know, they talk like slang like this, bra, and they're going to kick flip all over the town. Bra, like, who do you think you are, man? Like, I'm awesome, and you're stupid. You're an old dude. Like, it's it's so cheesy and over the top. It's real you hard for me like, to get into his characters. Regiment High or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little overwhelming. You know, if there's a character that cusses every other word is a cuss, like, we get it. The character cusses. Like, calm down, Stephen King. We know. I kind of, I kind of agree with you on that. Like, I love Stephen King, and I've read a good handful of it. I've read The Stand. I've read Carrie. Um, I've read, um, gosh, I've read a lot of them. I can't think of all of them on the top of my head. But the problem I have with him is I never think he knows how to end a story well. Like The Stand, I think is such an amazing apocalyptic, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. good versus evil type story. But then it, it gets to the end, and the whole good versus evil becomes too much of the story. Whereas when it was back to like the plague and what people do in those situations, I love that. Um, And it's the same with like Carrie, Carrie, the character herself is so well written, but then you get towards the end and it gets so fantastic that it's almost too much. 
I um, agree with you. It's like the focus shifts from it being character driven to um, like de- like like demonic possession or something. Yeah. That's what yeah. the story becomes instead of this is a story of this girl who goes through this experience. Do you have a favorite Stephen King story? Um, I would I would say The Stand if you the take stand, out yeah. like the last like twenty chapters because that's a long <laughs> that is a long twenty chapter book. is only a, maybe about an eighth of the book. <laughs> But I I love the first three quarters of the book. I thought it was a really good. I love the characters. I love the development of the characters. And but I I tend to lean more towards the apocalyptic books. I love stories where the characters are the underdogs, where everything is out to get them, and there's no way in hell they're going to make it through it. But they still keep trying. They find a and, way. Yeah, they they find a way, one way or another. They just they they do it. Um. It's One way or another, uh, life, um, finds a way. <laughs> You're such a dork. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's great. And he writes really well, the way he details things. Like I always have this like dilemma growing up because I, I like Anne Rice's stories. I hate her writing. Like mm-hmm. she will spend four pages. I tell this to everybody because there's this book called Cry to Heaven where she seriously spends four pages talking about the red velvet curtains. And I'm just like, I get it. <laughs> They're lush, nice, soft velvet curtains. Move on. <laughs> and, like, I read the whole, you know, interview with the Vampire series. And the Vampire Lestat book is amazing. But they could be a short story if you took all the details out that she puts into it. Like, she goes a little overboard in the details where Stephen King has a good balance. He puts enough details where you get the the feel of the environment without going too much. He just yeah, absolutely, I agree. So, well, speaking of which, like that's that's probably a cool one. Um, genres, um, like I was saying, I kind of like the apocalyptic. I like horror, and I like I like violent books, which is kind <laughs> of uh, kind of twisted to say. Um, do you guys have a favorite genre? Science fiction. Um... This is going to sound like an ad, um, but seeing that I don't like have enough time to read, I listen to all my books on uh, through audiobooks. Me too. I always oh, audiobooks are amazing. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I no no no. I I fall asleep to audiobooks. That's the only way like I can fall asleep at or in a in a short amount of time. I just put it on and I'm, and I'm gone. Um, which why I have to go back like almost every single night, like a half hour. Cause I don't remember what was going on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. science fiction and it's, it's star Wars for me. I just, I love all the star Wars books. Cause I'm such a, I'm a big star Wars nerd. I love knowing more about the, well, it's now called the legends universe that does. Cause it's not Canon with star Wars anymore, but they have the new right. star Wars Canon, which I've been listening to the aftermath series, which is the events that, uh, are right after Return of the Jedi. So it's like the fall of the Empire or the start of the fall of the Empire for sure there. <clears throat> if you're like Jenny and Kyle and you enjoy audiobooks, go to audibletrial.com slash Atomic Kingdom and sign up today. Which is awesome what? site because I download way too many audios from Audible. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 Dave, what do I get? If I sign up at www.audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom. It's quite simple. You get one free download to use. Oh, 
at any time. And if you don't like yeah. it, you still can keep it and cancel. But you shouldn't because the millions of worlds await for you and your earballs. Audibletrial.com slash Atomic Kingdom. What's the book that you would recommend? One of over 180,000 plus titles, I hear, Dave. Over, over plus 180,000. Yeah, over. I would recommend recommend Michael Crichton's classic timeline. Ah, I did it. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) He threw it. I'm going to throw into that, though. The best audio book, if you get... I'm... I live in LA, so I am in my car majority of the day stuck in traffic. So that's why I go through a lot of audio books more than I do. I always read a book at the same time I'm listening to a book. But um, the book, the audio book for World War Z is probably one of the best audio books I've ever listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the, I don't know if you guys know a lot about the story. It's not like the, the Brad Pitt movie. The Brad Pitt I know movie, it's very different. It's incredibly different. It's basically the whole story is where were you when the zombies came, right? So it's done almost like a history channel back story where, you know, when like some tragic thing happens and they interview the commander in chief and then they interview the girl that worked at the school that blew up or what have you, right? The entire book is a news reporter interviewing people of where they were and how they got through the zombie apocalypse. And every chapter is done by a different actor, and they're really good actors. So as you listen to it, it feels like they're telling you their story. It's hands down wow, probably cool. the best audio book out there. So if, you, if you're looking for one, I would go with Timeline for Dave's suggestion, which is awesome. Or for just the acting alone, World War Z. Well, I'm going to I'm going to recommend um, a book that is within one of my favorite genres um, so I can kind of tie it back into your question before, Jenny. Uh, the the book, it's actually a series I'd recommend. It's called Mistborn. Um, and it's uh, it's written by uh, by uh, oh, what's his name? Brandon Sanderson. And uh, it's a, a trilogy. The first series is a trilogy. And then he's started on um, a quadrilogy. That is uh, currently, I think the fourth book is still is still on the way. I don't know when that's coming out yet, but it's a story about um, it's this world where uh, you can you have the possibility of being born with um, allomantic abilities, which means that when you ingest a metal, so what they do is they they have vials of liquid water and rum and stuff like that, and they just pour flakes of whatever metal their body is attuned to, and whatever that metal is, it gives you a different ability. Um, unless you're born a mistborn, which means that you can uh, use the abilities of all the different metals. And that's I know that's only a tiny bit of information. It might sound confusing, but it's it's within that kind of fantasy um, sci-fi-ish realm that uh, that's that's probably the majority of the books that I read. That's where they come from. You know, like I read all the Hobbit books and I read all the all the Lord of the Rings books um, and some mistborn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The the Mistborn series is is probably my favorite one of my favorite series. I've had two favorite book series ever, and Mistborn's one of them. So it's, I definitely recommend the Mist, the Mistborn uh, audiobooks. They're really really good. When you were explaining that, it, it brought up a memory of mine that is hilarious. Um, multiple friends of mine kept saying, "You have to read 
the Harry Dresden series. And I'm like, what's it about? Well, it's about a wizard and like there's vampires and such, but then, and, and they go in and I'm just like, that sounds ridiculous. That sounds like <laughs> the stupidest books I've ever heard of in my life. And everybody would always, they would go, have you read the Harry Dresden series? And I'm just like, no, somebody else asked me that. Oh, they're amazing. It's about this wizard. And like, he's, he's got this power and like, he has to like, kill vampires but the vampires there's different kinds of vampires but then huh. there's like kind of and, and they're going into this and i'm just like that sounds really stupid after like four different people tell me you got to read the harry dresden series but make sure you get through the third book like once it gets past the third book it picks up so much momentum and you'll love it so i was out of books and i was like i'll download the audios i blazed through all 15 books and I freaking love them. But to this day, when I try to explain them to somebody, I'm just going, I sound so stupid and I am not selling this book accurately. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird how that happens. It's the same thing when you try to describe Batman. Like, let's say you try to describe it to an alien, right? And say, oh, well, who's Batman? Well, everybody knows who Batman is because he's awesome. But when he tried to actually describe it, well, it's a man <laughs> and his parents were killed when he was young. And then he learned how to fight and he decided to fight crime, but he was scared by bats, so he decided to dress up as a bat to scare other people when he fought them. Like, that's yeah. that's weird. That's a weird concept <laughs> to have to explain, but because it's so ingrained in our society, it's like, duh, it's Batman. It's what are second you, an idiot? nature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's that's a good lead. And so, Kyle, what's, uh, what's your guilty pleasure series? That, like, you're almost embarrassed to say, but they're so damn good that you're just like, I love them, I own them. They're mine. <laughs> it's still going to be Star Wars. It's, <laughs> that's that's really the only series of books that I can constantly go back to and either reread or re-listen to and just get engulfed in the story and think of it as a movie every time I read it or listen to it. It's it's cause, just because it's brand new stories every single time. Um, well, every single time with the different books. So is it like, is it all one author or do they switch up authors it's, for each story? It is all it is a whole slew of different authors, especially during the well, the legends era. Um, but probably like the my favorite uh set of books is by Timothy Zahn, who did the Thrawn trilogy, which back in the day was kind of what happened after Return of the Jedi. Um in that universe, uh, but now they've got this new canon. It's all very confusing and makes me mm. upset sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it had, upset in a good way or upset in a? Uh... It's upsetting because they had um, almost twenty plus years of content that just was like, oh yeah, all this stuff that you grew up with or have read, nope, doesn't exist anymore in this new. Star Wars canon, so I'm still bitter about that, but with this new Star Wars canon and what they're doing with the books is pretty intriguing, giving some more backstory into different characters that you wouldn't necessarily think there would be. I've heard a lot of people recommend the Thrawn trilogy to me oh, yeah. it's, when, when they talk about the Star Wars novels. It's definitely one of the best series of uh, Star Wars books out there. And he's officially canon now, right? Because didn't they bring him into, like, Rebels? And isn't Rebels canon to the rest of the universe? Rebels is, Rebels is canon. <clears throat> if I could canon. chime in for just a second, Johnny, you're wrong. Oh. Oh. 
Sorry. Wait, you're wrong. That's all I wanted to say. Goodbye. Oh, all right. Bye, okay. bye, Dave. 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 Um, I have faith. I have faith. Wrong. I have what, faith that Kyle what, can explain it. What say you, Kyle? Dave okay. says I'm wrong. So, um, Thawne is now canon to this Star Wars saga because he's in Star Wars Rebels, which is now which is canon. Mm-hmm. Um, Timothy Zahn is or has written a new Thawne book that will be coming out later this year that I also it's basically going to be his retelling of his own origin that he gave the character. Okay. So, and he's he's got a plan for another trilogy of the with Thawne. Okay. Okay. So, I'm so once that book comes out, I'm definitely going to be getting that because I think Thawne is a character that no, Thrawn. I keep saying Thawne. I'm in I'm in flash mode. <laughs> <laughs> Thrawn is is a character that needs to be well they he has, he has a he's been developed within the rebels series but i think timothy zahn does a better job of it in his mm-hmm. books nice so well i don't know how i was wrong david <laughs> sounds like i nailed it because <laughs> <clears throat> you're wrong goes radio silence you're wrong mm. and there's a blender in my background oh all right well fair enough it's off yeah. now. It's off now, and you're still wrong, and Kyle was right. I don't understand the context. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm just Jenny. trying to keep caught up. Okay, Johnny, your guilty pleasure. Ooh. Go. Okay, my guilty pleasure is one one of those uh, two favorite series I, I mentioned earlier, I teased earlier. Um, and uh, I'm never embarrassed to, to talk about the things that I like to talk about or that, that I enjoy. Amen. So, Woo-hoo. So it's... Uh, it, it is a guilty pleasure in that people would probably look at me sideways. Um, <laughs> but I read uh, a series when I was a kid. It was a young reader series. Um, and uh, it, it was called Animorphs. And it's about uh, these kids who uh, are endowed with these powers through an alien device that allows them to morph into any animal that they physically come into contact with. Um, and then they have to fight this war. And, and in the story, the kids are like 13. Um, so they're like in, in middle school going into high school. And, and it's, it is for young readers. It definitely is for young readers. There's a lot of con- there are a lot of concepts in there that are kind of glossed over in the beginning. Um, but what's great about that series to me is that I read it at the time when I was their age. So I was around 13, 14 when I started reading these books. So as these characters grew up in the books and, and had to fight this war and the, 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 the brutality of the war like started having realistic effects on them, I was also aging and growing with them. It's like I, you know, I, I wrote the article a while back about why Wally West is so important to me. It's because I grew up with Wally West and I grew up with these characters too. Um, it's to me by the end of the series, it winds up being such an incredibly well-written story. Um, and, and I think you could say the same thing about the Harry Potter series where the first books are fluffy and fun and jokey. And then as the series goes on and as the characters mature, the situations that they find themselves in are more mature as well. Um, and that's totally what I went through with Animorphs and to tease something else, I might have something that I'm working on that's Animorph related. Ooh, but do you remember the TV show? I do remember that TV show on Nickelodeon. I was super yeah. psyched to see it. Um, they did ended you know, it without uh, like a 
they ended it on a cliffhanger, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sure did. There were a lot of things they couldn't do on that show. It was Nickelodeon. It was small budget. Um, they had a, a a character in the group of the Animorphs um, whose that whose was... name was Axe Axemilius Garros Istel. And he... wasn't he the one See, that, that got stuck in <laughs> in uh, animal mode? Actually, to, Tobias was the one that was trapped in a red-tailed hawk form. Yes. Um, Axe was the Andalite. The, it was the alien race that created the morphing cube that gave the kids their powers. He, uh, because they didn't have the budget to have him in his Andalite form throughout the whole show, he uh, mixed the DNA of all the different kids and made his own kind of human morph. And that's how he was portrayed in the show by some human character also the kid that played jake the leader of the animorphs is uh sean ashmore iceman from uh the x-men series oh yeah Nicole. i like him yeah, i like I, I definitely remember animorphs uh the books too i i read a couple of them when they came out which i think might have been for me in a late elementary school before i went over to middle school but yeah i definitely remember liking those books yeah i i absolutely adore it. actually the reason i started reading them was because um my favorite animal is the, is a hammerhead shark, and we would get those scholastic, uh, those you scholastic know, book, book fairs. Things. I love yes. scholastic <laughs> book fairs. And I'm looking through it at the books, and all of a sudden I see this this book of this kid, and he's diving into the water. And all the covers of the books are are the, the each book is narrated by a different member of the group, and they go in order. Um, so it's it's this one kid Marco who wound up being my favorite character in the book, the one I related to the most, and he's morphing into a hammerhead shark while he's diving in the water, and I'm like, that's the book I gotta get. But it was a set of four; you had to get that and three others in the series. So um, so I got him, and I and I burned through those four books super super quick, and uh, I I I knew that there were more. It was like books like thirteen, like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, something like that. So it's kind of you know, it was, it, the the books were still being written at the time, I, I believe. Um, so I went back and got all the old books, and there were 54 books total. Now, because they're a young reader, they're like 90 to 100 something some odd pages. So they're not super super long books. Um, but there were 54 of the main series. So I, I at one point owned all of them. They they unfortunately got lost at some point when I was moving. Um, but yeah, man, I that's that's my most adored series. And uh, definitely a, a guilty pleasure in the sense that when I explain it, I think people go, it sounds kind of dumb, but <laughs> it's super dope, you guys. You know what's so cool is that the further we get on in life, the more I think YA is being accepted as great writing. There are so many good YA book series out there now. I mean, starting with like Harry Potter, I mean, that one anyone you mentioned it to, especially because of the movie franchise and stuff, they're like, oh yeah, Harry Potter, I love those books. Mm -hmm. But you've got like um, the Divergent series and you've got the Hunger Games and all this where it's more teenage based, but you can, kids can read them, adults can read them and you enjoy them across the board. And I like the fact that nowadays more and more authors are getting comfortable in writing books like that. Like they don't have to put so much of an adult um, theme to it where a kid can enjoy it, but they also don't treat the children like they're idiots, where they put mm. really in-depth subject matters that kids understand, even though adults don't want them to understand, you know, like Hunger Games in general. I mean, that's such a dark genre, but it's such a great story for like a 15-year-old to read because there's so many lessons you can take away from it. Yeah, there's, there's so much there's so much politics in it that you'd think yeah. it would go over their head, but 
you know, kids in society have changed a lot. I think since since young adult writing was like I don't I don't know first came out I guess. Um, it's the same with ratings for movies too. Like PG thirteen now, there's no way you know a PG thirteen movie that comes out now is going to be PG thirteen twenty years ago because. Right standards and practices uh change and, and society adapts and changes and says, oh it's a, it's okay to say the the f-bomb one time when way back in the day the f-bomb one time that's what got you like the nc-17 rating right exactly so. but it, it, it it's awesome though because there is that more freedom but i think authors are starting to understand it more like i'm I'm obsessed with there. There was a series called the Rotten Ruin series, which is a zombie kind of apocalyptic one, and it follows this kid Benny through the apocalypse. So, you, it does flashbacks to like when he was a kid and what he remembers, but he was so young he's not sure if he remembers it right. And then he's like following his warrior brother, and they're encountering people that need their help, but then they're also encountering people that are just evil. And you start to learn about like the difference of why are these guys as evil and just, just bad, you know, like, why do they do what they do? And then how the main character's name is Benny. Like, how does Benny adapt to that? And what justifies his reasons? And you read through it and it's such an adult context, but it's a teenage book about zombies, you know, and it, it's really, really well written. And it sounds kind of like the stories you guys were talking about as well, where kids have this, this way. I mean, young kids, teenagers, all that, they have this way of simplifying things that adults seem to forget, you know? And I would never think that, you know, a kid would, would understand the details that are in the, that story. But when you talk to a kid that's read it, they take more away from it than I did. And I just sound there looking at them going, wow, you are, you are smart. (laughs) (laughs) I love that though. And I love that there is that, that rise in it, you know, so good. Um, so on that note, because I mentioned Rotten Ruin, this kind of leads my next, do you guys have a favorite author? And it doesn't have to be just one. I mean, name a couple of them and tell me why you guys really, really love the way the writer is and the stories they tell. Oh, I'll let Kyle go first. Um, I guess honestly, it's it's Timothy Zahn for the Star Wars uh, trilogy of like uh, the Thawne books. I just I just love his writing and I love his characterization of Luke, Leia, Han, and even Lando. Just he gets he gets the characters spot on from a movie that's was told by someone else. So I, I just like his writing and everything. Nice. What about you, Johnny? I have uh, a couple. I've mentioned them already. Cormac McCarthy. I'll read pretty much anything by him. Um, Neil Gaiman. I'll, I'll limit what I read by him because sometimes his books are feel almost a little too existential that, uh, (laughs) It's hard to wrap my brain around him. Um, I, I just got done reading. What was the one with London Above and London Below? Um, oh, dude, I cannot remember the name of as it. As soon as you say the name, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think of it. But Tell, give me a second. I've, I've got my Goodreads up here. No, uh, Neverwhere. Neverwhere. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was a good book, but it got so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got. Uh, you know what? I liked. Um, I after I saw didn't didn't. Um, 
what what am I trying to say? Mm. What's the one by him that was made into a movie? I know he's had a couple. Stardust. I I watched after I saw the movie Stardust. I went back and I read the novel, and I wound up liking the novel a lot more than I liked the movie. So that one was pretty good. Nice. I don't know if you guys heard of Stardust. I haven't. I haven't. It sounds so familiar, and I'm not connecting it. It's um uh, about uh, this kind of weird like Wonderland type place, uh, and a guy sees a shooting star, you know, fall out of the sky and land on Earth, and it's like a girl. No, that's ringing a bell. That's that's it, all in the trailer. Stardust, Stardust like... is a film or book that follows Tristan, a young man from the fictional town of Wall. Wall is a town on the border of the magical fantasy kingdom of Stormhold. Tristan enters the magical world to collect a fallen star to give his girlfriend Victoria in return for her hand in marriage. He collects the star, who, to his surprise, is a woman named Yvaine. Witches and the princes of Stormhold are also hunting for Yvaine. Meanwhile, Tristan tries to get her back to the Wall, or to Wall, with him before Victoria's birthday. The deadline of her offer. There you go. And you get in the movie, you get to see Robert De Niro play an effeminate pirate. So that's <laughs> that's super. I awesome. like it. I like um, it. But so yeah, yeah. Uh, some a lot of Stephen King stuff I really like. Um, K. A. Applegate, but that's just from Animorphs. I've never read anything else by her. Just just that series. And. Uh, who did I not mention? Brandon Brandon Sanderson from the the Mistborn series I mentioned earlier. Nice. But he's he's written he's written like uh, it's he's on his seventh book, and he wrote a little small like I think it was around twenty twenty to twenty to forty pages. He wrote a little story that kind of took place in between some of the books. Um, that uh, that was really interesting too. So he's written at le- he's written at least eight pieces from that particular world with the eighth one that I think it's, I hope it's coming out this year, but those would be, those would be some of my favorites. Can I chime in for just one second as normal Dave? Yes. Chime in as normal Dave. A YA book series I enjoyed, uh, that is also a guilty pleasure is a book series that was based off the Buffy, the vampire slayer television series called the gatekeeper trilogy written by Christopher golden and Nancy Holder. Uh, I don't know why I loved it so much, but it was great. And even though it came out after the season, like it's in set in a like a season type thing that already existed, so you know that hmm. all these characters survive. It was still very exciting. Nice, so there interesting. You go. I return the show to you three. <laughs> well, I, hey, thanks, I have Steve. to. I have to throw in mine. I, I I agree with you totally with Neil Gaiman because he his whole background comes from from like comics and stuff. So he has that really weird disconnected sense when it comes to storytelling Uh like you that you kind of experience more in graphic novels than you do in like a written book absolutely Um, but like you were saying earlier american gods blew me away like i started it going this is a really weird book but by the time i got to the end it made so much sense but it was so strange i mean strange is the only thing i could could say about it it would but it was so awesomely written and the descriptions and and how he explains the characters are he nails it every time um my though my my favorite authors right now i am obsessed with anything jonathan mayberry um i drive dave and everybody crazy with it because i am obsessed with the joe ledger series which trying to sell it to somebody they're ridiculous it's joe ledger he heads a secret agency where they have to go after crazy things like 
people like terrorists that try to make zombie plagues and drones that drop viruses out of the sky and it, huh. him and Echo team has to save the world and there's quite a few books out but they're so over the top but they're so good every time like i'm getting excited because i think it's april 24th 2017 dogs of war comes out the next ledger book and i'm just like give me joe ledger and echo team <laughs> i go crazy but jonathan mayberry also wrote the rotten ruin series that i was telling you about and then oh, um, yeah. a lot of the a lot of his stories kind of tie in he's got a, a series i think it's called uh, the Dark of Night, or it's something similar to that. There's like the Dark of Night, Day of Night. There's three books to it. And I I read those after I read the Rotten Ruin series. And I get through the Rotten Ruin series and Joe Ledger pops into it. And I'm like, what the, wait a minute. So now I go through the Ledger series going, is this going to happen? Or is this an alternate universe? Because there's alternate <laughs> universes and it's really weird and it's very hard to explain it to you guys. But um, the... Fall of Night, I think is what it was called, is kind of the prequel to the Rotten Ruin series, but it also stands on its own. But he also writes a lot of the X-Men stories, and um, he just had a new one come out. I think it's called Mars One, which is about, like, the first colonization of Mars, and I'm really excited to read that, too, because he does – it's – Although it's sometimes first person, like the Joe Ledger books, you know, you get into Joe's head a lot. They go into these storylines of all the sub-characters, and the sub-characters are just as strong as the main characters. And the way he writes his characters, you feel like you know them. And you feel like you grow with them, and you and everything they experience makes your bond with them stronger. And he's a genius writer just for that that fact that every time I finish a series of his books, I'm just like, I know these guys. I need to root for them. They're, they're part of my team. I have to go with them, you know, and and it makes me excited for the next series that comes out. Um, so him right now, that's definitely the one that I'm just like, I I can't get enough of. But there's there's so many good ones out there. Um, I was trying to think of some other ones. Like, I really like anything Joe Hill writes. Joe Hill has this really cool... Um, he has a really cool way of explaining horror without it seeming so much blood and guts type thing, like lock and key. Um, Dave actually introduced me to Heart Shaped Box, which is one of the better horror books I've read in a while. Um, hmm. So I've been I've been slowly going through their books as well. Um, going back to kind of the guilty pleasure too, I will read anything Charlene Harris writes because I love the Sookie Stackhouse, the True Blood books. But then she's—it's kind of what I was saying with with Stephen King earlier. Like, she gets these great characters developed, and then she just just screws it at the end every time. <laughs> she cannot finish a series well. Like, I went through every one of the True Blood books, and I get to the end, and I was just like, "Really? That's how we're ending this?" <laughs> so, but I will still read anything that that she does. So I'm excited too because she one of her uh, she has a trilogy out called Midnight Texas and. NBC just picked it up for a show. So it wasn't my favorite book, but it still was fun. And I'm really curious what they're going to do with the show. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And Joe Hill's the son of uh, Stephen King. Stephen King. Yeah. That's super. That's super interesting. That's super cool. So here's a question for you guys, though. Um, in the modern age, like, where do you... See, I, I do Audible, and then I like to actually 
buy the book. I like to crack the spine, and I know some people get so pissed about that, but I want to bend the spine, dog ear the pages, sometimes put a highlighter note through it. I want my books to feel lived in, and I love looking at my bookshelves and just seeing the torn up spines of the books that you know followed me through quite a few days. Mm-hmm. I love that, but in the modern day, everybody, you know, with the iPads and stuff and the Kindles, there's the digital downloads. Um, do you guys have a preference? Do you like the old tangible walk into a bookstore, walk out with a book, or do you prefer Amazon.com and download? I prefer going into a store and getting the book. I I can't read a book on a tablet. It just doesn't feel the same. Like when you turn the page, I need to have that that uh, that physical thing of just is, turning that page. I, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Is, I kind of, I, I totally kind of get what you, and I hope we're on the same page here. When you put a bookmark in and you can tell that I'm three quarters of the way through the book, because yeah. you've got that whole amount that you've already accomplished. You've got that little left bit left, right? Mm-hmm. You can't get that on a digital. No, you can't. You can't look at it and be like, oh yeah, I've read all this much. I'm, whereas you can, I mean, on an iPad or on a Kindle, you could be like, okay, I'm on page 300 of a thousand. And I'm like, well, that that's a dent, but. I mean, if you look at it, you can look, you can see like, oh yeah, I made this, I made a dent in this book. That's something to be proud of. Exactly. What about you, yeah, John? I agree. Um, I'm, I'm very digital media, you know, like I, I buy movies, you know, through, through digital media and I, I, uh, download all, you know, I don't, I don't go buy the, the physical copies of things anymore. Um, so I'm very much an, an audible audio, uh, audio book listener um but if i had it you know if i had to make the choice between actually going into a store and picking up a book or reading it on a kindle or an ipad i'd absolutely go pick up the book i wouldn't be able to do it on a on a screen like that i'd either have to listen to it or physically read it yeah i'm i'm in i I think we're all on the same page page there so i don't like everybody you know is in different places in the country and such i know here in la there's there's all these mom and pop type bookstores popping up, which is awesome. I'm, LA has one that's that's pretty famous. It's called The Last Bookstore, and it's amazing. You walk in, and there's like staircases made out of old books, and it's it's like walking into a movie set. It's so beautiful. But you can go in, and the people who work there give you their suggestions, or they'll go, hey, here's this. Um, and I'm finding that there's more and more in the city popping up of privately owned and then i'm also seeing a lot more of like the barnes and nobles closing um do you guys find that in where you're at in the country or is it pretty stable with like the bigger chains it's pretty stable with like barnes and noble and like half price books being the place to get the books i mean personally i don't i haven't really gone out and looked for like a mom and pop type bookstore to be be sure but as far as i know like barnes and noble and half price books are like the major ones at least around where i am do you find that the staff that works there do you think that is there a community sense to it where you you know like back in i don't know if you guys remember like where they're like, the day like, of like video rentals and that you have like the employee suggestions do they have that or can I, you talk to employees and go what should i read 
I know that I know like at Barnes and Noble they have like the staff picks like on a wall, um, but I really haven't been like told like yeah you should really go read this book if you're into this kind of stuff ever before. Is it about the same with you, Johnny? Or um, I, I'm I'm very out of touch of the you know with with the bookstore realm. Um, I haven't I haven't had to go into a bookstore in years because everything I want to listen to or find I can get it um, I can get it uh, online as an audiobook. Um, I could see you know like trying to try I'd, I'd love to track down the physical copies of the Animorph series, um, but uh, I've been rereading them. Actually, this goes this goes back on what I said before. I've been rereading them on my computer, um, like almost like Kindle copies. Uh, but it's mostly because, again, I'm working on something animorph related, so I, I I need the I need that accessibility of it being right there on my computer. Um, do either are either of you guys in like a book club, or how do you get suggestions for something new? Like, let's say you are completely drawing a blank, going, "I need a book to read." How do you how do you get it? How do you find something new? Uh, they're on Facebook all the time. Everybody's talking about what books they're reading. For me, it pops up in my newsfeed, so. If it's someone whose whose tastes I know are similar to mine, or whose opinion I trust, um, I go to it. And then also I listen to the Atomic Geekdom podcast with Jenny the Jenny 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 the host, <laughs> <laughs> who never shuts up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all getting a word in, Jenny. This is a very this is a well structured event you have going on here. We're all taking turns. Uh, it's excellent. Guys- if you could see my notepad right now of how many notes I've taken on this, going, all right, so when I get through with the Matt Adams series and I get through the Joe Ledger, <laughs> I've got this, 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 this. <laughs> it's So do you guys, um, you know, you get like the Oprah book club, and I know like the Nerdist has a book club now. Do you Do you find those, I don't know if inspirational is the word I'm looking for, but do you encourage those or do you, not think that they're as important i would encourage it for people who like to do book clubs but i'm not i'm not really a person to do a book club because don't have time for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm the same uh i i don't i definitely encourage doing book clubs um and if i had a group of people out where i lived that we all share those same interests and and i wanted to hang out with them for you know a couple of couple of nights a week or or one night a week or something then i totally do it but i'm just i'm not in an area where i have those types of connections with people that i would want to spend a couple hours on a friday night going over to their house and talking to them about books right see i'm i'm kind of i'm the opposite like i am a fanatic with book clubs um i'm i'm totally grateful though the comic book store that does my my weekly pulls they do a monthly book club so you get one trade once a month and you've got you know four weeks to read it third saturday of every every month we meet we sit down we spend an hour and we just talk about i hated this book or i loved it did you appreciate the fact that and and you just start there's some interesting arguments that start in there and then there's also like you'll walk away with going i honestly didn't take that when i read it and you see the book in a different way i i love that i like that about tv shows and stuff as well but um there's uh, an online – are you the, either of you guys experienced with Goodreads? It's kind of like an online book club, but it's 
kind of like a Facebook page in a sense where you log your books, you rate them and all that, but you see what your friends are reading and you can start conversations between it. I, I have not heard about it. It's, it's pretty cool. It plus not doing a commercial on Goodreads, but it's my saving grace because I can never remember if I read a book or not. You know, somebody will go, have you ever read skin games? And I'm like, sounds familiar maybe or what was the last book I left off on in that series you you mark what book you're reading and you mark when you're finished and you give it a rating a five-star rating and you get a little blurb where you can put it in but you can start to see what your friends any friend on your things what they're reading and it'll give you like a weekly update of like Jenny has just started reading Matt Adam 3 and then in a couple of weeks, you'll see that she is completed. She gave it a three-star rating, and this is her review. So you get that, but then you start realizing that, oh, me and Kyle have a lot in common. So, Kyle, what are you reading right now? Should I read this book? I love that community sense because a lot of times, like, I go through, because I'm in the car so much, I go through audiobooks like There's No Tomorrow. I always find I'm in my in a rut going, I don't know what to read. And I sit there and I'll look at suggestions on, you know, that, you know, Amazon or Audible would suggest to me and none of them sound good. But the moment like a friend or somebody, you know, kind of their taste in books goes, I like that one. Then I'm like, all right, I'm in, count me in. <laughs> so I, I, I appreciate the book club one. I, I love the conversations that start up. And I love when, when you hate a book and somebody loves a book or vice versa knowing why they did it or why mm -hmm. they don't like it and it's fascinating to me because you always walk away even though like you still hold true to your like it was the best or that was the worst you still walk away going I can kind of see that you know and and get a whole new perspective or a whole new outlook on the story so. yeah absolutely yeah I agree I agree with you so on a side note then is do you guys have we can kind of start we've got a few minutes so we'll kind of wrap it up with either something you're super excited for or something that's already out that's been adapted so a book that has made it into a movie or a tv show where you think that they actually did or is going to do an amazing job with it do you guys have anything that you can think of i bet i know johnny's it's going to be american gods <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm super excited for that um that was uh the, the the trailers look amazing to me and it looks like they cast perfectly um anything ian mcshane is in is he's gold he's fantastic so i'm really excited for that i thought they nailed the road when that movie came out i thought that was that was uh vigo mortensen yeah vigo mortensen and uh oh no what's the kid's name Oh, I'll have to look it up if I really want to remember. But anyway, that kid I thought did a great job. Um, that that whole movie I thought was very faithful to the the source material. There were some things that were in the book that um, they definitely shied away from, which I'll, I'll I'll agree as a viewer. I'm glad they didn't show it because you don't need to show that in order to in order to get the message across that this world is shit. Um, <laughs> Times ten. Yeah, there's a a couple a couple potential projects that are coming out but i i, I kind of don't want to talk but let's let's just say there's some i'm working on something animorph related guys so <laughs> fingers fingers crossed we might see some adaptations of some of my favorite stuff here pretty soon 
Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there, and I know somebody will will complain about it, but um, I thought they did a really good adapting um, uh, Gone Girl into a movie. Oh yeah 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 I, yeah. I loved the book. Well, I didn't love the book because I walked away from the book feeling absolutely disgusted. Like it made you me feel dirty. Like I, yeah, like I wanted to take a shower when I finished the book. Mm-hmm. But when I, I was a little nervous when they, you know, like Ben Affleck and Gone Girl, and I was like, oh no. I thought they did a really good job. They cut out what they needed to, and then they added what they needed to. But overall, I thought they did a really good job of making you like the girl and hate the girl, like the husband, hate the husband. Like they, they played with the emotions really well with the development of that movie. I thought. I, I certainly enjoyed the movie a lot more than I enjoyed the book. I I'd read the book. Um, I was uh, seeing a girl at the time who had read it. And uh, when they said they were adapting it into a movie, she had recommended that I check it out. And it was one of those books where I read it, but I, I, it was more like I perused through it until the end. So I got right. the gist of it because I, I really wasn't digging the book all that much, but I thought the movie was a better version of the story than the, than the book was. Uh, but maybe that's just because it's not my kind of book. I mean, it's about deception and betrayal and, and uh, you know, p- people hurting each other, but not because the world's coming to an end because they're just dirty people, you know, yeah, it's, just it's ugly. Yeah. I struggle with that. I struggle with reading books that are about ugly people being ugly to each other for no other reason than they're just ugly people. Right. Do you now? So Kyle in the star Wars genre, I, and I'm not familiar with the star Wars books. Obviously we've got the star, the original star Wars movies is, do you feel that the books kind of honor the movies or the movies honor the books? I'm not the, sure which direction it goes. The like the the movie adaptation of the books is taken from an earlier like uh script. So there's a lot of things that are in those novelizations that you do not see in like the movies. Um so but in terms of like the expanded universe, the legends and everything that's new. Um, crap, what was your question? <laughs> yeah, well, do you do you feel that the Star Wars books represent the movies well or vice versa? Because I'm, oh, I'm not yeah, positive no, which I, way it goes. I definitely think they do. Um, they, they use all the characters well. They, I mean, they're... I, yeah, I think they they use them well enough to tell the story and everything. I like it. Yeah. Okay, so in wrapping up, um, it could be something you're reading now or something you've recently read. Um, Give one suggestion to somebody listening of a book they should pick up. Uh, It doesn't have to be your favorite book. It just has to be something that you've you've read or listened to in you know the last six months or so that you're like yeah you know that that was a good one if you're if you're looking for something i'd recommend that what would you oh you want to go first kyle yeah sure um a book that always comes to mind is uh 1984 by uh yes it's a good one that's a Um, classic that's a classic classic. recommendation i i know everyone is gonna hate me for it i know my friends do I do not like the ending of that book. That I, kind of makes sense. It, it it does make sense, but I 
I'm the kind of person who goes, okay, he's changing for the better. And then once you find out that he's he doesn't change at all, it's kind of like, well, then what was the whole point of this story? Mm-hmm. Kind of the way you look at it like that, but it 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 does make sense in the term of what his character is. It's and, been, it's been yeah. getting a lot of play right now. I, I would recommend that as well, just because of just the division in the country as as it is. It's such a weird political book to its core that mm-hmm. it's an interesting read to get your brain kind of wrapping around different ideas, I guess mm-hmm. would be the best yeah. way. All right, Johnny, what are you going to hit us with? Oh, me? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll tell you what it is. Um, this is a, I think this is a great rec- recommendation because we're getting a movie of this uh, next year. A- actually, in just under a year now. It comes out in, in March. Um, Ready Player One. Yes. Check that book out because <laughs> we're getting, uh, we're getting a, a live-action adaptation of it directed by Steven Spielberg. And I think it's going to be fantastic. And that movie is super interesting. It's a, it's, it's such a fun read. You get so sucked in um, by the, the, the characters and the style of writing uh, and the world that you kind of get immersed in. Um, and then the movie's looking awesome, man. It's got like Ty Sheridan in it. It's got uh, Ben Mendelsohn, who was in the, the Star Wars Rogue One. Um, and uh, who's who's the other guy? Simon Pegg. Simon, Simon Pegg, Pegg yep. yeah, playing Ogden Morrow. That's uh, a oh, great yeah, that's casting. Right. Simon Pegg is in there too. Yeah, you can't so, go wrong with Simon Pegg. No. I'm just gonna throw that out there. No, <laughs> and no, that was Nick Frost. He's Either awesome. One. You put them in anything. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. So it's, that, I'm gonna uh, throw in there as well. Like, if you grew up in the '80s, it's a must on your list. Mm-hmm. Like, it is the most nostalgic. I'm a kid of the '80s book you'll ever read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So and it's Spielberg, you know you, you got to have faith in Spielberg. He hasn't done much wrong. Yeah, well, even his flops are still decent movies. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even even movies that don't do well are still are still fine cinematic films. Makes sense. Um, I'm How gonna, about you, Jenny? I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest this is a weird one because it's it's kind of a romantic book, but uh, it's called The Shadow Ugh. of the Wind. Um, the Shadow of the Wind. It's, the, it's book one of the Cemetery of Forgotten Books. Um, oh, I gotta I, look that one up. I can't remember. I think it might actually be a Spanish book that's been translated in English, but don't quote me on that. It's the coolest story. I haven't read the rest of the series, but the book, the first book, stands alone. It's um, it's basically about a kid who's it's um, it's you know, it's Spain right before their civil war in the early, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s. And his dad takes him to the cemetery of lost books and he's able to choose one book out of it. Right. And nobody knows about this except for the small group of people in this town knows about the cemetery because it's a hidden cemetery and they protect these books. So he grabs this one book and he starts reading it and he falls in love with the author, but then he starts looking more into the author and the more questions he's asked about the author, the more trouble he finds himself getting into. And it's just, it's a really cool, it's got parallel storylines. So you, you grow up with this kid who grabs this book when he's like eight years old and you grow up into it, into his twenties with him. Then you also, there's a parallel story of the author of the book he picked up and you follow the story between there. And there's all these twists and turns and you get to the end and it's, the conclusion is such a shock 
but it's so beautiful because it's it's people surviving in a fascist community but the art of writing is so important that they hide it but then the story itself is like the third story of it so the story he falls in love with becomes the third story of the book so you've got three different stories going on and it's just it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful it's romantic there's there's love stories in it but the love stories you know whether it be between the man and the woman or just the kid in the book it's I I went through that book so fast and what was done I was just like that might be the most beautiful thing I've read in a while and I there were parts I was choked up in it and then there was parts that I was just like fist pumping cheering for the characters really good if if you if you want kind of a more sentimental type book I I recommend that I I just read it too probably probably about six or eight months ago and I still think about it going should I start the second book and I kind of don't want to start the second book because I love how it ended so well that I don't want to know what happens after because I'm kind of making the story up in my head now myself so I would I would recommend that one and what, sorry, what was that called? The Shadow of the Wind? The Shadow of the Wind. And okay. um, I think the author's name, it's, oh gosh, it's a hard one. It's Carlos something. Carlos Raul Zifron, I think is the name. Yeah, I, I was looking it up on, on Wikipedia. Car- Carlos Ruiz Zifron. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one, especially since the entire story revolves around books, which we just spent well over an hour chatting about <laughs> books because they're so inspirational <laughs> and awesome. Yeah. So, that's a great that's a great recommendation. I'm going to check out both the ones you guys recommended. I know I've got a list. Okay, Dave, I know you're still in the background. To wrap this up, I want your recommendation. Uh like that I'm currently what what is your what do you mean? Like if you're what you're currently reading or something you read recently that if somebody was just like, "Uh, I have nothing to read." You would recommend that they pick it up. I'll take part two of the uh, Ready Player One books, and uh, I'll choose Armada. Ooh, good one. Mm. I, really, I enjoyed that book. Mm. I really like so that one. Why, how, sell it to us. Sell us why we should pick it up. Uh, if you liked Ready Player One, you'll like Armada. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, it's for any kid that ever played video games thinking, man, wouldn't it be cool if uh, my skills at playing a video game were actually just this this global test to train me to fight aliens a la an 80s movie. I'll, I'll let you fill in the blanks, gentle listener. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then you find out that your dead father uh, was a part of this program, and I won't go any further because there's spoilers there. Um, and yeah, it's, it's like every video game fans dream to, well, it comes with a lot of death and destruction on earth, but, um, yeah, you're the last line of defense in this alien invasion. And then the the little twist at the end is pretty, pretty alarming. Um, I really enjoyed it. And then ready player one is probably one of the best books of the last 10 years. <laughs> and uh, I, I looked this up because I had completely forgotten about it. Um, the if you get the audio books through www.audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom, you're welcome, Dave. Uh, they're they're actually narrated by Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Will, Will Wheaton. He does a great and I'll job. I'll tell you, for Ready Player One, he kills it. I haven't listened to Armada, but Ready Player One, I loved it. Well, he's a character um, in Ready Player One too, which is even yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, when he when he voices himself. Yeah. It's awesome. 
Um, <laughs> so if he if he did Armada, then um, I've actually never heard of Armada. So I'm going to check that one out. I love that book. Uh, you'll, um, what you'll I'm love it. what I'm starting now isn't for everybody, but if you're a wrestling fan or a fan of strong ladies. Uh, I am reading Crazy Is My Superpower by A.J. Mendez Brooks, or read in the wrestling world known as A.J. Lee, or uh, I don't like referring to her. Well, she married CM Punk, I'll put it that way. Um, And it's like her autobiography about how, uh, well, the title says, How I Triumphed by Breaking Bones, Breaking Hearts, and Breaking the Rules. She's got uh, some, um, I don't know what you call them. Uh, Like, not depression, but... Uh, issues, mental issues, I guess. I don't know what you'd call it. I don't, I'm not trying to mm. be disrespectful. I can't remember what the name for it. She's not normal. We'll put it that way. And uh, she became, she was a super fan of wrestling and she achieved her dream. Um, and it's, uh, I'm hoping that it's very inspirational. I have a feeling it is. I'm a big fan of hers and her husband's. So trying to read that before I meet her at C2E2. Nice. We're going to have awesome. to put all these in the notes too. And then, um, We'll try to remember on the Facebook post to add a list of, of our top books, too. So if you're looking for suggestions. Um, so, Dave, you got to remember to put that one on because I want to read that one now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Can I throw one more thing out there? Please. Okay. Sorry. I totally forgot. This one was like one I, I said I was going to make sure I brought up, and I totally forgot until just now. Um, there's a, a short story. That Stephen King is known for doing collections of short stories, and then he, he releases them as one as one big book. Um, I'm trying, you know what? I had it pulled up before and then I forgot Uh, survivor type. He wrote a little story called survivor type about a doctor who is uh, running heroin for uh, an illegal organization. And he winds up stranded on um, a deserted Island with it's just him and the heroin. And the story is written uh, from the, from the uh, perspective of the heroin. Uh, right, yeah, 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 the heroin. Like, every day, it's just, please, juice me, do me. Um, <laughs> I'm so going to take that off this recording and use it as a side sound, right? That's her new, that's her new text um, message notification. It's, it's written as if it's like a diary. So it's like, day one, I've been stranded here for whatever, day two. And, and uh, the, the kind of crux of the story is, you know, how does he survive if he's on a deserted island and all he's got is heroin and yeah, you don't know. It's but it's Stephen King, so it's twisted as shit. I like so, it. If you like the twisted shit, check out Survivor Type. That's probably my favorite short story by anyone. Love that short story. And if you like Twisted Sister, good on you. Yeah, I like it. All right, this was fun. Like I had a really <laughs> good time. I am such a book dork. Like I. I love being sucked into a story. I mean, that's why I think I like comics and TV and movies so much, but books are, there's such a different level to everything else in my opinion that mm. I love walking away from conversations like this with a list going, I need more hours in a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. Well, you killed it, Jenny. You did a great job. Yes, you did. You did a great job. Wi-Fi high five, boys. Hey, great, great, uh, we really did it as the as the guests. Yes, we killed yes, we it. Did. You and I together. Yes, there's blood everywhere. Wait, oh, you're a vegan. <laughs> that's after. That's what we do after. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's on the download, you guys. Download. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so where can we find you at, Johnny? On the side note. Oh, uh, if you're looking for me, I uh, do a podcast with my buddy Randy uh, called Just Two Pals on the Atomic Kingdom website. 
We're also on Twitter at Just Two Pals. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Satchel. Shoot us an email because I love emails at Just Two Pals Pod at gmail.com. And uh, let's talk about books or something. Me and me and and you. Fuck Randy. You and I are the Just Two Pals now. Whoever emails me, we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're the Just. We're yep. We did it. That's it, Jenny. That's all I got, Jenny. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> would you, you, you forget to go to the store and pick up your oh, your God. classic beverage, the one that you're known for? When you're having a rough day and you realize, oh, I got a podcast tonight, but I didn't go get my favorite beverage. What you do is you fake crack open a Mountain Dew Voltage and you just take fake sips of that. And I promise you, it's, it's not going to fix anything because you need to get that Mountain Dew Voltage. Pop open that Mountain Dew Voltage. Who popped a drink? My pop. I was trying to help you, buddy. <laughs> How dare you? What did you really pop? Uh, this warm Bud Light that's been sitting here for a day. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Dew Voltage. Hashtag Just Do Pals. Come on, Mountain Dew. Let us freaking sponsor you already, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, on that note, Kyle, where can people find you so they can ask you about which Star Wars book they should start with? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at KyleCrowsey89. Um, you can also listen to me, well, as of right now, you could listen to me weekly. Uh, I'm one of the three hosts of the Legends TV Talk podcast, uh, where we talk about the CW show Legends TV Talk, or Legends of Tomorrow. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find us on Google Play, iTunes, Satchel. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Talk. And yeah, rock on! All right, Dave, do you want to throw anything in before signing out? Since you are our commander in chief, I could close it out for you if you want. Do it up, man! Thank you for listening to Atomic Geekdom. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and YouTube. Give us a like, a follow, and a subscribe. Just search for Atomic Geekdom. It's fairly simple. If you enjoyed this episode, and why wouldn't you? I didn't host it. Please give us a review on iTunes. It only takes a minute or two, and it really helps us to gain listeners and grow these conversations so Jenny has more books to read. You can find our show, along with Two Broke Geeks, Just Two Pals, and our professional wrestling podcast that gave you two, not one, but two episodes this week about WrestleMania and the shows that followed uh, called Ringside Geeks on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Satchel, and at AtomicGeekdom.com. You can find, at least that I know of, the Atomic Geekdom show, Ringside Geeks, on Stitcher as well. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. And 148 episodes, this is the very first one I did not host. Jenny did, and she did a great job. And so, of course, she gets the last word. Read! <laughs>